0: Hey guys, welcome back to Recalibrate, a mindset podcast designed to help you break free from the old and press on to the new. I'm blessed to know that you are connecting with me today for this episode to listen, to learn, and to grow, of course. And if you are a subscriber, I want to say thank you for following this podcast. I hope that you have found value in its content. And if you are new to this podcast, I want to welcome you. I hope it exceeds your expectation that you get more from it than you expect, and that it helps you break free from mental constructs, paradigms, mindsets, and that you would also discover the greater potential that is within you, the purpose that God has placed in your life for you, and that you would press on in that direction. In other words, I hope that you are able to see yourself at your point A and making it to your point A. B. Your point B is that place where you would love, love, love to see yourself. I have found over the years that there are three basic elements that are required that uh, are needed for you to go from point A to point B to that place where you would like to see yourself. Those three elements are intentionality, discipline, and consistency. In other words, you need to have the intentionality to see yourself at point B, even though you're not there yet. Remember the power of yet. I'm not there yet, but you need to be able to see yourself at that place, that place where you would love to see yourself. And you need to have the discipline, the discipline to start a plan of action, the discipline to start moving in that direction, the discipline to simply begin. And last but not least, you have to have the consistency, the consistency of doing that same thing over and over and over and becoming a master at it, just like Malcolm Gladwell uh, wrote in his book Outliers. He says that it takes 10,000 hours to become a master at your craft. So whatever you want to do, whatever you want to be, whatever you want to become, if you want to become a master at it, if you want to get to that point B, you have got to be intentional. You've got to be disciplined, and you've got to have consistency. After you've listened to today's episode, would you take a few minutes of your time to give us a five-star rating on this podcast episode and to leave feedback, leave us a positive comment? I love reading your comments. Like I've said before, they fuel my passion. They give me a sense of direction as to what type of content to present to you. Believe me, I put a lot of thought into this process of uh, putting together content for you. I want it to be meaningful and i want it to be life changing, transformational. So please leave a positive review. Let me share a review with you today. This was uh, this came from Jessie. She says, "Wow. So many times listening to this message i said, this was me. I was there. Oh my goodness. I know someone like this. Messages like these have helped me step out of those dark places where the words of another had held me captive. Your messages have taught me to set boundaries and recognize instantly where a conversation stops. Your messages are a blessing and they have helped save my marriage. Thank you a million times over and I pray that many find freedom that I have found. Wow, Jesse, thank you so much for your comment. It truly has blessed my heart today. 17 years ago, I was a brand new preacher. I was standing behind the pulpit holding on for dear life <laughs> i was holding on like this i don't know if if you're a preacher and you're listening to me or you're a speaker and you hear and you know you know what i'm talking about but man i was holding on this was my my safety zone my comfort <laughs> i was like that charlie brown character who was in linus that was holding on to his blanket that's who i was and that was 17 years ago and i'll never forget that I came in and and, uh, I had a a congregation of about uh, 60 people, roughly, and the ministry had already been started. The pastor had stepped down and I came in to take over, and I I was brand new, really. I was two years into my walk with the Lord, and the pastor said, I feel that there's a calling on your life. And so I said, Lord, I'm available. I'm willing if you're willing to equip me because I don't know what I'm doing. And I remember going up there, and I had about 60 people. I came back the next Sunday, and only about 40 came back. Came back the next Sunday, and only about 30 came back. You know what happened next. No, there was no (laughs) COVID-19. It was me. And so they just would not come back. And on the fourth Sunday, I ended up with about 15 church members, and I went home. I was in my early 30s, man, I cried, and I called my dad, who's always been my great encourager, and I said, Dad, I think the pastor really messed up in calling me to to lead the Spanish ministry at the church, and he said, why is that? I said, because the congregation keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and my dad taught me a lesson that day. He said, son, he said, when you go in there this coming Sunday, he says, I want you to preach to a 1,000, even if you have 10." or five. He said, I want you to envision. Now, listen to this word. I want you to hold on to this. I want you to heat on to this word. He said, envision a thousand. He said, don't look at their faces, even if you have five in there. He says, look over their heads and you envision a thousand. Prepare for a thousand. Preach to a multitude, son. He says, because if you can see it on the inside, eventually it will come to fruition on the outside. And I thought, man, that is so powerful. And I came back the following Sunday, and I did exactly that. I want to talk to you about vision today. Vision is a powerful, God-given gift. You see, Proverbs 29:18 says, where there is no vision, the people what? The people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law happy is he. There's another translation from the Holman Christian Standard Bible that says, without revelation, people run wild. But one who listens to instruction will be happy. How many of you know that people are running wild these days? Come on. If you just turn on the news, you see people running wild. Whether it's one thing or another thing, but people are running wild. And Hosea 4.6, Hosea says something along the same lines, but rather than vision, he uses knowledge. And Hosea says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And I go on to say that when people say ignorance is bliss, I tell them that's not true. Ignorance is poverty and death. And so if you don't know, you don't know. But today I want to focus on vision. Vision is a God-given gift. Sight is important, but sight is of the eyes while vision is of the heart. I remember reading Helen Keller's quote one day. Helen Ke- Keller, the woman who was blind. She says the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but yet no vision. No vision. So when you have no vision, when you have no vision, you don't know your direction. You don't know your destination. We have to connect with the vision that God has given us. And I'm not talking about a name it and claim it type gospel. I'm saying name it and claim it if God has provided you with the vision. If God has told you it will happen just like he told the prophet Habakkuk. Though the vision may tarry, though it lingers, though it takes some time, expect it because surely it will come to pass. Whatever the vision is. You just have to stand in faith, you've got to walk in faith, and you've got to believe. You see, people of great faith are able to envision God's promises coming to fruition in their lives. And it's not just a matter of affirming and declaring, my God shall supply, or my God will heal, or my God will make a way, but it's walking in the belief. Not just saying it, but walking in the belief. Because if we just say it, if we affirm it, but we don't act on it, that's kind of like insanity. It's not going to happen. We have to act on what God has told us. I always ask people as a life coach, I ask them, where do you see yourself in one year? Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? You know what the worst answer is? I don't know. When you don't have a vision for yourself, you don't know your direction, that's that's a scary place to be. We hold on to God's word when we know of his promises, we take those for ourselves, We, we take ownership, we make them ours. We have to come into alignment with God's word. You see, we've come into alignment with the world and not with the word. You see, our alignment has to be a vertical alignment and not necessarily a horizontal one. Let me say that again. Our alignment has to be vertical and not horizontal. If we come into this alignment, this alignment will fall into place. And if it doesn't fall into place, it really doesn't matter. Because what matters most is this and right here. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be what? Added. That's just the way it is. It's a vertical alignment. The prophet Amos. Amos 3.3 3 said, how can two walk together if they don't come into what? agreement. You can't see breakthrough if you're undecided. You can't see breakthrough if you're undecided and you're, 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 you're believing for breakthrough for the valley, breakthrough for our nation. But if you're undecided, meaning you're scared, you're not trusting in God's word, then you won't see the breakthrough come to pass. Paul told the people of Corinth, we walk by faith and not by, come on, not by sight. Our life, is a matter of faith and not a matter of sight. If you go by sight, we're going to be discouraged. Turn on the TV, turn on the internet, you're gonna be discouraged. 90% of what you see out there is bad news. Ten <laughs> percent is People on vacation somewhere in Europe, and you're like, man, and I'm stuck in the valley. That's bad news. <laughs> so you're going to get discouraged one way or another, but we walk by faith and not by sight. And faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things, what? Not seen. That's faith. Faith is I can, I, I, if I can't hear it and I can't feel it and I can't sense it, I still believe it because God said so. And because God said so, I know that in due time it will be so. Amen? Corey Tin Boom, I don't know if you guys have ever read any of Corey Tin Boom's work or any of her quotes, but Corey Tin Boom said this, it's a pretty popular quote Faith sees the invisible, believes the unbelievable, and receives the impossible. Corey Tin Boom said that. In other words, you have to position yourself in order to receive, you've got to get ready. You can't wait to receive and then get ready. You have to be proactive instead of being reactive. You have to be, you can't, I mean, come on, Noah. Noah built the ark and he had never seen rain before. He was being proactive. He was trusting in God's word. People were making fun of him, but Noah kept on going. He pressed on. He went off of God's word. We've got to be like Noah. If we know that the healing rain is coming, we've got to walk in faith. We've got to believe it. It's not a matter of when it comes. It's a matter of we know that it will come. That's what it's all about. You know, sometimes you've got to build a garage even when you don't have a car and people are laughing. You saying you don't even know how to drive. You don't even have a license. And you have to say, not yet, but I'm getting ready. (laughs) I'm getting ready. So you've got to do things. You've got to be proactive and you've got to stay focused. Corey Tin Boom said, she said, if the devil can't make you bad, he will make you busy. And can I tell you that everyone is so busy? Put on your mask, change your clothes, sanitize, hand wash, 20 seconds, sing happy birthday, do all these things. I mean, we're so busy, so busy that if we're not careful, now listen, this is all a tactic of the enemy. If we're not not careful, we will become so busy. We will become so busy that search my heart, oh God, and put my thoughts to the test will be an afterthought. Oh, yeah, we'll have clean hands, and don't get me wrong, sanitize, please do, okay? Cover your face, wash your hands, you know, sanitize with the gel, do everything, keep everything clean, but by all means, also sanitize your heart. Otherwise, you'll end up with very clean hands, but with a very weak heart. At the end of the day, once everything is over, once everything is said and done, the enemy wants to distract you. He wants to distract you from the vision that God is trying to convey to you. Now, how does God convey his vision to us through his word? But if we are so busy to find the vision in the word, then we're never going to know what it is for our lives. So don't be so busy. You see, the enemy wants to... He wants to abort you from the vision that God has already given you or the vision that God can potentially provide you with. Because the enemy doesn't want you seeing yourself progressing or moving forward or overcoming or breaking free or walking in deliverance or being the head and not the tail, living a consecrated life. The enemy wants to see you failing, falling faltering, getting sick, contracting, you know, COVID-19, dying. That's what the enemy wants you to believe and wants you to see. There's power in your thoughts and your beliefs. Bill Buckner. I read the story about Bill Buckner. I don't know if y'all remember back in 1986. A lot of you probably millennials are thinking, who on earth was Bill Buckner? I wasn't even born in 1986. But let me tell you, 1986, Bill Buckner, he was playing for the Red Sox. They were going against the Mets. It was the World Series. Bill Buckner was pumped. He was excited. He knew they were going to win the game. About two weeks before the game, he was interviewed by one of the the sports uh, magazines, by Sports Illustrated. And so he went before the reporter, and the reporter asked him, What's your greatest dream, Bill Buckner? Bill Buckner said, My greatest dream has always been to win the World Series. Then he went on to say, Bill Buckner, what is your greatest nightmare? He says, My greatest nightmare is that I'll lose the World Series uh, by a ground ball that goes right between my legs. He says, That's my worst nightmare. Two weeks later, World Series. Bill Buckner's on first base. The Mets are up to bat. This, is, this could be the winning, the winning point here. The Red Sox are winning. Bill Buckner's team is winning. First base, the Mets, you know, they, they hit the ball. The ball goes towards first base, and it goes right between Bill Buckner's legs, and they lose the World Series. I'm telling you. I'm I'm not trying to say that he caused it to happen because of what he said, but what I'm saying is that he elevated his probability. He elevated his probability of that thing happening and what he feared the most happened to him. What did Job say? What I feared the most has happened to me. What I dreaded has come upon me. In other words, he vacillated with the ideas of losing his family. He vacillated with the ideas of losing his property. And what happened? At the end of the day, he lost everything. You see, whatever we... Fantasize whatever we visualize will materialize in due season. You've got to be careful, you need to come into alignment with God's word. Amen. Let me tell you that research has proven that people who fear dementia or fear Alzheimer's, when they're in their 60s, 70s, even though it doesn't run in their family, they become 64% more susceptible, more prone to developing either one of the two just because they thought about it and they feared. I'll tell you the same thing about COVID-19. You think about it. If you're afraid, your immune system is going to hurt. Your immune system, because of the, because of the fear, because of the consistent thoughts about the COVID-19 and what if it hits my family, what if it happens to me? Your immune system gets weak. Now, I'm not saying if, you, if you've been hit with COVID-19 that it's your lack of faith. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that we increase our probability if we think about it consistently. So what do we want to do? What does Paul say? Whatever's noble, whatever's lovely, whatever's pure, whatever's praiseworthy, what does he say? Think about those things. And that's what we need to focus on. Those are the things that we need to talk, think about. Proverbs 4.23 is, is, is pretty, is pretty uh, uh, um, clear about this. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of our life. Guard your heart. Well, how do we guard our heart? We guard our minds. How do we guard our minds? We guard our ears, our eyes. Everything that goes into the mind drops into the heart. and Whatever's in the heart, the Bible says, Jesus said, the abundance of the heart, the mouth, come on, speaks. The mouth speaks. We know that everything starts here. We have to bring our minds into alignment with what God's word is telling us. And that's why Paul says to the Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So Paul told the Philippians once again, he says, when they came to him and they said, well, what do we we think about? And he was very clear. Once again, he said, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, think about those things. Who's worthy of praise? Come on, somebody tell me. Who's worthy of praise? Our God is worthy of praise. I'm going to think about those things. That's what I'm going to focus on. That's what I'm going to focus on. And church, let me tell you, that's why you can't have a conversation with just anyone. Because you're speaking faith and they're speaking doubt. Man, you're on different dimensions. You cannot have a conversation with just anyone. Because let me tell you, negative is more powerful than positive. I'll tell you, 70 times more powerful So you get into a room with two negative people and you're speaking faith and they're speaking doubt. Believe me, at the end of the day, you're going to walk out there and you're going to doubt in your own words and what you read in the word and what you're believing. So you've got to be careful who you're listening to. You've got to be careful who you talk to. Remember, faith. Faith is what? The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Like I said, I may not see it. I may not sense it. I may not feel it but I believe it because God said so. That is faith. Now, I want to talk about Elijah in the next few minutes. Elijah, according to the Scripture in James 5, 17 through 18, the Bible says that Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the the earth produced its crops. How many of you know that we need rain right now, healing rain? Come on. We have... We have, we have in, our, in, our, in our nation right now, we have a drought. It's not a drought for the lack of, of water, for the lack of rain. It's a, dra- a drought for the lack of, of health, a, a lack of healing, a lack of love, a lack of peace, a lack of unity, a lack of so many things. That's the drought that we're going through right now. But God is able to bring breakthrough and to bring the healing rain over our nation. We just have to stand in agreement with his word. The enemy has tried to cause you to abort, to abort the vision that God has given you. The enemy has tried relentlessly. You know what? He's been observing you, he's been studying you, he's been watching you all these days, your whole life. He knows your buttons, he knows your weaknesses. Rise up, whatever God has told you, whether it's healing, whether it's provision, whether it's a job, whether it's restored marriage, I want you to get up every day and I want you to declare it. I want you to believe it so that you can receive it. You've got to walk in faith. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about declaring that you're going to get a brand new red convertible uh, car. I'm talking about what's in the word, man. If it's healing, it's healing. It's healing. Whether it's to prosper you, it's to prosper you. Whether it's to restore, it's to restore. Walk in faith. I hope you enjoyed that clip. It was actually from a sermon that I preached at a church a few months back. Let me just add on to that message. Originally, you heard me say that I was afraid of getting in front of a, of a congregation. I was, I was afraid of letting go of that pulpit. And as my congregation started to decrease in size over the weeks, my father encouraged me by simply saying, you've got to envision a multitude. You have got to envision a crowd. I truly believe that breakthrough is on the other side of being able to envision that thing coming to pass, whatever it is. Of course, as a believer, I want to make sure that the vision that I have is not something that I have created in my own mind, this is some pie in the sky idea. I want to make sure that it lines up with God's word, with God's will, with God's purpose, with God's vision for my life. Vision also has the ability to propel us. It's like fuel. It keeps us moving in the direction of that goal that God has placed before us. There's there's a wonderful example in one of the Gospels about a woman who had been suffering with an issue of blood for about 12 or so years. Now, because of the Levitical laws of the Old Testament times, this woman was destitute. She had been uh, kicked out of her own house. She was living on her own. She was considered unclean. The Levitical law prohibited her from being in contact with anyone. And everything that she touched was unclean. And therefore, it was forbidden for her to leave her place of residence and to go out unless she was seeking help from uh, doctors. The Bible goes on to say that this woman had used up all of her financial resources seeking healing for her body. She'd been bleeding for 12 years. Can you imagine her anemia? Can you imagine how low her red blood count was? I mean, this woman had no energy. She could hardly breathe. She was in dire need of a a blood transfusion, urgently. However, one day as she lay on her deathbed, she heard the noise through the window. And as she looked out through the window, she saw a multitude. A group of people were surrounding someone, someone they called the Messiah. He was Jesus. She had heard about this Jesus going about healing people. She acquired a vision. The vision was that if she was at least able to escape her confinement and drag herself out into the multitude and simply touch the hem of his garment, she would be healed. That was her vision. You see, she had witnessed, eyewitnessed, she had heard about these miracles from her place of isolation. She had heard about this Jesus and what he was doing. And because of what she had heard, her faith increased. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. She heard, she experienced, she watched, her faith grew. She grasped God's vision for her life. And that vision was for her to be healed. She grasped a vision. She held on to that vision She mustered up enough energy, enough strength and courage. She pushed herself off of the cot, dragged herself out into the multitude while people kicked dirt in her face, trampled over her. She made it all the way to where the Messiah, the Master, was standing. And as she had envisioned in her mind and in her heart, stretching her hand out to touch the hem of his garment. That's exactly what she did as she approached him. As soon as she touched the hem of his garment, Jesus stopped. He looked at one of his disciples and he asked, Who's touched me? And the disciples said, Master, come on, seriously? Can't you see the multitude? Everybody's touching you. Jesus said, No, somebody touched me in a different way because I felt the power flow from within me. And as he said that, the woman, the woman who lay on the ground, the woman who was near to death, she said, it was I, it was I, Lord. He turned around. I imagine him with great compassion in his eyes, grace all over. He got down on one knee, stretched a hand out to lift her up, and he said, my daughter, your faith has healed you. Wow. She caught a vision. She acted on that vision despite her circumstances. She pressed through the pain. She pressed through the affliction all the way to her miracle. And there were two things that were evident at that moment. God's healing power through Christ and the woman's faith. In her heart. I want to encourage you today to seek what God's vision is for your life. And once you discover what it is, I pray that you would hold on to it, that you wouldn't let go of it, that you would do as God told Habakkuk, to expect it, even though it may take some time, even though it may linger, to expect it. And God went on to say to Habakkuk, the prophet, write it down on a tablet. So that it's easy to read Whatever the vision is, my friend I pray that you would Hold on to it Not let go of it Write it down So that you can see it every day So that you won't forget it And expect it Because if God said so It will be so I hope this message has Encouraged you to press on toward the goal That God has set Before you If you, uh If you think this message was valuable, that it added value to your life today, would you leave us a five-star rating and write a positive comment? As I said earlier today, it blesses my heart every time I read your words. I will be attaching my scheduling app to the show notes as well as my Instagram link. And so that if you ever find yourself in a bind needing to send a quick message with a question, I will reply. Or if you are needing to set up an appointment to meet virtually, no matter where you're located, we can always meet through uh, virtual platforms. We can also do that. So I look forward to meeting you someday if I haven't already. Uh, God bless you guys. And I look forward to connecting with you next week.